0: This is Your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger.
1: Hello there and welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life. It's episode 700. And the name of this episode is Our Choices Create Our World. This is the second of six episodes about my my dying and choosing to come back which I wrote about in in Meeting God at the Door, if you want even more detail than I'm giving you here. And I do these episodes because so many people have asked, dying is a mystery. People are afraid of it. We don't understand it. We don't know what's going on. And having, I never expected such an extraordinary experience. I mean, I'd heard about such things and certainly never expected it to happen to me. And certainly felt like I was unworthy of any special consideration or blessing. I, if I felt anything about meeting God, it would have been terror. Because my impression of my own life and worthiness was zero. That I had failed so many ways, failed so many times, um, made so many bad choices, mistakes, and everything else that I would be horrified at the thought. My experience was not that at all. So where I left the episode yesterday was the first conversation had just finished. And it consisted of one question, which was, do you want to come home? And after consideration and conversation, I said, I'm not, not done. Uh, At that point, I'm sure my heart was restarted. And the next day, and I don't know how I know it was the next day but I do, and the total time I was in a coma was 17 days, and I had three conversations uh, with God that were on different days. The first day, when my heart stopped, and the second day, which is the one we're going to talk about today, and the third day, which we'll talk about in the next episode and then I had 14 more days in a coma before I came back to this consciousness the second day I was back at the door I was standing at the same doorway which I described yesterday but in case you didn't hear that it was a a plain doorway my side of the doorway was gray photo card gray is the best color I can describe it as very soft and a little fuzzy. So it was hard to see how how big the room was, but I was standing and I couldn't really see how tall it was. And I was standing at this doorway leaning on my right shoulder and right across the doorway on the other side, leaning on his shoulder was God looking at me as it had been the first day. So the second day we're back at the door and the choice I'd made the previous day was, I'm not done, in, in response to the question, do you want to come home? In other words, do you want to step across this threshold and go into the eternal realm and leave, leave mortality? And I'd said, well, I'm not done yet. And all the details are in yesterday's episode. Today, th- this, this conversation, that question didn't come up at all. Um, it was decided now physically, of course, they'd restarted my heart, but I wasn't thinking about any of that because the entirety, the totality of my consciousness and spirit was here in this conversation with my creator here talking about this. And I don't exactly remember what the first question was. But the topic of the conversation is, okay, you've chosen to stay. What are you going to do with this time? You've you've chosen to stay. What will you do? What is the purpose? What is your plan? Now, again, I mentioned yesterday, coaches, we talk about holding space, also in a counselor's office, which means creating a safe place for conversation to take place without judgment without threat without worrying without feeling less than or or anything just space to where truth and real communication can take place and in, in all of these conversations the space was infinite like i've never i i do a really good job for my clients of holding space but there was—I've never experienced anything, nor do I believe that there can be any experience like in in the earth, like there was at that space. Anyway, the topic was, "What are you going to do now that you've decided to stay?" And it gave me the opportunity to think about and articulate what I was going to do. Now, what I had done. This is 2018. And I had left the career of 30 years in 2007, uh, some 11 years before, and had begun writing books. Uh, And by that time I'd written a few, maybe six or seven. And I'd begun doing some videos. I had started a coaching practice I had had clients all over. I had been in a number of masterminds. I had spoken at many, many conferences. And it was pretty, I, I, I was doing what I could to do good. I'd changed who I was being before I was struggling with depression. And I had been in and out of addiction and rehab and a bunch of stuff. And my life had completely changed. So in the 11 years between the divine intervention that invited me to change my life away from all the bad stuff to, or all the destructive stuff to now, meaning now that, that day in 2018, I'd done a lot of changing. I'd done seen a lot of counselors, a lot of soul searching, and a lot of work on my internal dialogue, myself, my stance in the world, you know, personal development is the big umbrella name. And I had a lot to do. I had. A totally warped view of the world. I had a totally warped view of my place in it, of what things meant. Uh, I lived in a a really struggle place or had, and I had spent a lot of these last, the last 11 years before this conversation with God, working on that. I'd seen a lot of counselors and everything else, and I'd made tremendous progress. Anyway, so in, in talking about, well, what are you going to do? I, I said, well, you know, i am got this coaching practice going. And, you know, th- this certainly affirms this visit and these conversations certainly affirm everything that I had intuitively felt about we were created. Uh, there was a God. There was a purpose. There was a plan. There was a other life. There was something beyond now right and so i talked about that and was able to think out loud through with the divine the coaching business the plans that i had the people that i'd helped, that i planned to help how i was doing things and everything and it was very powerful and very uplifting one of the things that i mentioned yesterday or not yesterday but the last episode was that My recollection, my idea of meeting God was always one of terror. I somehow, because I'd been what I thought was such an evil, bad person. And I didn't think about it at the time. When I got ready to write the book and after I came out of the coma later and I reflected every single day on all these circumstances, my one of the most marvelous and powerful things was the absolute absence of all of that judgment, negativity. Everything was just in this container of love. And I didn't get the sense that, yeah, whatever you did, that's all okay. I, I didn't get the sense of nothing you do matters, no matter how much good or how much bad. I felt clearly the idea of things that were good and things that were bad, things that added good to the world and things that hurt myself or others badly. But I didn't feel judgment. I felt opportunity. I felt yearning to do, to do good. I felt lifted and blessed when my expectation would have, was to feel horrified and frightened. So what I remarked about later was that that judgment was most noticeable by its absence. There was none of that. It was was an amazing feeling of love and opportunity. Not of, yeah, it's all okay, no excuse, no... But but like, like things can change no matter what has happened. There is a future. There is a change. There is a road from this dark place that I had been before 2007, and I'd already been working on it for 11 years, but all that stuff had still happened. And, and, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff, like there's no way to fix when you ruin relationships, when you lie to someone, when you're unfaithful to in a relationship, when you lose the trust of people, You, you can't just fix any of that. And so even though I'd spent the 11 years between 2007 and 2018, where we are in this story, trying to do good and add good to the world, I still carried this enormous burden of guilt because a helpless guilt, because there was no way I could undo what I had done, untell the lies, be a better dad, not have been an addict and absent and a lying person who does all the things that addicts do like i couldn't do undo any of that and so i felt helplessly burdened by the impossibility of the choice yet none of that was present what was present was opportunity excitement and growth and part of the opportunity was to Make amends, to fix, to lift, and to bless. And often, when we've done something that hurts someone's feelings or life or reputation, some of those things that you can't undo, maybe that person will never be okay or excuse you or forgive you. And what I was learning was that if I stay burdened by that, I've changed and I'm doing now good and stuff. But if I stay burdened by that forever, And it just limits my opportunity to serve now. And that I would offer that as a thought for you. When we stay burdened by that and we don't forgive ourselves, no matter what we've changed or how hard we've tried, all we do is carry pain and burden forward. And someone else forgiving us doesn't mean anything anyway. It's a choice they make. Anyway, so we talked about the opportunities in front of me. Then I had an interesting experience. It felt like being fed with a fire hose. And by fed, I mean the infusion of otherworldly of celestial of glorious energy and knowledge, a a vision, a powerful connection to the divine and to the universe. And it's hard like I don't have the words. I remember feeling like I you know, your hair blowing back, like just having the perception that I was just being filled. And and that if I wasn't in some kind of protection at the time, the influx of glory and knowledge would have simply evaporated me, incinerated me. I would have been, you know, overcome in an instant um de or whatever it is right with the glory and knowledge but i was protected and somehow was able to live in the presence of this overwhelming gift of information and vision and it, often i in talking about this i make likeness or reference to a movie You may or may not have seen this, but there's a movie that was made, I think, in the 80s, almost 40 years ago, called Contact. And one of the stars was Jodie Foster, and she's the main person in it. And it's about receiving a message from outer space. And And the message is instructions to build a big contraption. And there are factions on Earth that want to build it and factions against it and religious fanatics that are saying do you want science to be the person that meets god or whatever it is you know everybody interpreted it a different way and none of that's important although it's a very interesting movie and if you want to watch it you you should and you know uh after i'd been you well i'll tell you that part of the story in a minute but anyway in the movie they build this machine and the end of the The purpose of it is to put one person in this circular spherical chamber and then drop them through this whirling mess of machinery. And the assumption of the scientists was that somehow this sphere going through this whirling stuff would disappear and go off into the universe. And what happened was the sphere dropped through the whirling mess of machinery and then just landed in the ocean below. Plop. And so they all thought it was a failure. But what happened inside the sphere where the star Jodie Foster was, and I can't remember her stage name or the movie name, but anyway, she was taken on a trip of the universe and she was whisked from place to place and saw the glories and grandeurs of star creation and of this and amazing things. And she was taken to a planet and had a conversation with her dead father. Only it wasn't really her father. It was the embodiment of the infinite intelligence that had created the machinery. and You know, she was just overwhelmed at the knowledge and the visions and the power and all of that glorious stuff. So when I just try to describe this, I make reference to that for those that have seen the movie. And if you haven't seen the movie, then that whole description won't mean a lot. You might want to go watch it and so about a few months ago i can't remember five or six months ago that movie came on tv and i don't watch a lot of television and so it was an accident my wife likes it on as background noise while she does other stuff and my studios are downstairs so i'm not even on the same level of the house and so i don't know what's going on upstairs and miss a lot of stuff but anyway, I was walking through one time and I saw that it was coming up. And so I, or it was on. And so I recorded it and I watched the whole thing later. And it's a long movie, two and a half hours. And I watched it, all the rest of it, not kind of interesting, but I wanted to see that scene. And I could have just gone and watched that, but I wanted to see it in context. And the reason I wanted to see it was because that's the scene from my memory that I used to describe or help people understand what I experienced. And I wanted to see if my memory was any good and if it really was like that. And so when that scene took place, which was just a few minutes long where she has this amazing journey and talks to the uh, intelligences in the body of her father and all that other stuff played and it, it was just overwhelming for me because the the reminiscences of the connection of what happened and what I saw were so visceral and real and powerful. And so I thought, yep, that's a good description. And so I keep using it. Anyway, that went on for some period of time. And I can't tell you how long. It seemed like a very long. So after that was over, we'd had the long conversation about what was going to come, what I was going to do. And then I had this overwhelming vision of eternity and infinity and universes and things. Then we're, we're back. I'm, I'm still at the door and we're there, but that, that part of the, conversation ended and you might think this all sounds crazy and i'm simply sharing with you what happened I'm certainly not trying to convince you of anything uh, i don't know if i would have believed myself except i've always had the feeling there was something and i don't presume to be arrogant enough to tell the divine how the divine will interact with any individual You know, I refer to it, to divine as God, and he, and people have asked me that, well, was it a man or a woman? Well, it looked like, to me, a person. And if I had to say, I think it was a man. And it could be that that was the appearance to help me. You know, it could be a lot of things, like those infinite intelligence appeared to Jodie Foster character as her dad. So I'm not going to, I'm not here to convince you of any particular view or make any statement about any of that, except there is God. God is intelligent, capable, and intentional. God is loving, purposeful, and infinitely present, and loves us in a way that I couldn't have imagined. Despite all the things I'd read and everything that I even experienced 11 years ago, that divine intervention, that changed my life. And I marveled then that, you know, I, I always said if there was anyone who was such a wreck, they should have been left as a mess at the bottom of the canyon. It was me. In 2007, the divine God extended me an invitation through, you know, it wasn't like this at all, no conversations, but some extraordinary things happened to, to make me realize my life was wrecked and there was an opportunity to change it. And I took it. But even with all that, it was the, the intensity of love, of caring, of purposefulness, of intentional, uh, creation was all there. And so I, I, I summarized it This little feeling in in four principles, and I want to share those with you now. Number one is, each one of us is a divine, loving, intentional, lovingly, carefully created child of God. I cannot convince you of that truth, nor would I try, but I know it. I know it like I live and breathe. And if my sharing that with absolute certainty to you helps it and know that it's true, that includes you. The second thing is that we all talk about gifts. Everyone has a gift. Every person's gifted in different ways. The gifts that we have are divine. Each of us were intentionally, thoughtfully, purposefully, and lovingly given gifts when we came here. Maybe we developed them in the world before by choice, by things we were interested in. But these gifts were given with love, with intention, and with purpose. And you may know that already. And if you do, I'm agreeing, reaffirming, and underlining. And if you don't, I'm stating my absolute certainty and knowledge that no matter who you are, where you've been, you have been given gifts. The third thing is that we have a purpose. The purpose is across our life, and it may consist of different things, but our life here is driven by purpose. And it was something we both agreed to do and be, and that we were excited about. We were stoked That the opportunity to come to get these gifts and talents and be here in this world and have this experience, no matter how difficult or challenging it might be. And I certainly am not saying we knew everything ahead of time and knowing something intellectually and experiencing it or something quite different. I mean, I had this sense and had a feeling that I knew that there was divine, the God, that there was God and that, things were purposeful and all that stuff and then having this experience was like not a different level 52 different levels right so and what i also know with that is that the gifts and talents we have are given for us to identify to perform and to enjoy this mission this purpose that we have that spans our lives so we're intentional lovingly created crafted children of god we were given gifts and talents and those matched the mission and purpose that spans our life, that we agreed to, we committed to, and we were excited about. Before I get to the fourth one, I just want to say something about that gifts and talents thing. I have potential coaching clients and even clients who say to me, Oh, if I could just find my purpose. <clears throat> my experience is that you don't find a purpose and then you're suddenly energized and dedicated. Ah, oh, there it is. Like you go on a safari or you dig it up in the yard. I've never experienced or known anyone that has done that. <clears throat> we make a choice. My choice was to add good to the world, to love people, to serve. And to do it with the gifts that I have and do it the best I could. And as I've done that, my purpose has gotten clearer and clearer and more powerful and vibrant. So it has come from action. I have a little funny saying, clarity is overrated. It is not found, it is created. And action creates clarity. So if you are one of those that is, quote, looking for your purpose, do what's in front of you. Take advantage of the opportunities you have to serve and love and bless the lives of others. For what it's worth, that's a possibility. The fourth uh, thing that I know for sure after those three and the experiences that I had is that all the help we need is available from both sides of that door. That means that if we look for it, and we are in action, then help is available and will be given on this side and from the heavenly side. I know that. I've seen it. I felt it. I have participated in it in my life and in the lives of others. Like many of you, I used to do this, maybe like many of you, maybe I'm the only one, I used to do this backwards. I had this idea that God was somehow going to point at something, make it glow, tell me that was it, and then pave the way. No, I don't think that's how this works. I certainly don't think that, have experienced that. Excuse me. We've got to get to work and commit to service and love. We're built as humans to serve and love each other. So those are the four things that I want to leave you about who you are from this second conversation and that the last The second part is, uh, the second conversation was really long, and so I'm splitting it. I'll finish that second conversation in the next episode because it's really important, and I'll also include the third conversation. But when I leave you with this absolute certainty, you're a divine, intentional, loving creation that God, the Father of all of us, created on purpose with love. He gave you and every one of us gifts and talents, and we have a mission and purpose that we agreed to and we were excited about, and the gifts and talents are related to the mission. We have the gifts because it helps us discover our purpose. It helps us be able to do our purpose and and have fun, enjoy it, lean into it, and all the help we need is available. Those four profound things, if you allow them to, can change your life. I want you to let them settle. What, What would you do if to the core of your being you knew you were a child of God? What would you do if you knew to the core of your being that you had divine gifts and talents given to you? What would you do differently if you knew you had a mission and purpose? what would you do differently if you absolutely knew that help was available to complete that purpose from both sides of the door, this side and the eternal side? I don't know about you, but that knowledge and certainty fires everything that I do. There is no failure, just things I didn't mean to do discoveries data points idp interesting data points there's only love there is only service there's only creation there's only moving forward now when that was all complete which was the first half or the first two-thirds of the second conversation i ask a question which i'll tell you and but i'm not going to give you the answer because that'll be in the next episode The question, I I looked at God and said, since that's true, why do we settle for crumbs? We'll go on in the next episode, because he answered that question directly. And it was enlightening and powerful. I hope that this explanation, I'm telling you the details of this experience, not all the details that are in the book, because episodes aren't that long, and if you want more, you can read the book. But anyway, I know and offer you as a possibility that your life can be more full, more fun, and you can have a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy. You can create your
0: Helen girl your heart.